going between a bunch of different verses that I wanted to use as today's text. And we're going to hit them all at some point. But there's not this crazy reason I picked this text for this day. Other than it talks about the church and its relationship to Jesus. And then we're going to just start unpacking this thing a little bit, okay? What the heck is the church? And today we're especially going to be looking at what it is. So let's read this first. Colossians chapter 1, verse 17 and 18. And he, this is Jesus. Do you remember this, this section of Colossians? This was like the, the, the I called it the bomb texts. Verse 15 through 20 there. It's like dropping a bomb. I mean, it, this thing was just loaded with Christology. I mean, it is loaded with Jesus is God. It's just, it's, it's an incredible text. He, Jesus, is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. What is the church? What is it? You know, if you... Here's, here's, a, here's a little video of Google. You type in Google, church, okay? And you do a Google images search of church. What are you going to see? You know, what is it? I counted the first hundred images. All that I did is look to see if there was any people in it. Out of the first hundred images off of Google, uh, Google images for church, only 24 had any people in it whatsoever, and five of those had only one person in it, okay? Otherwise, it's just building after building and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of like, okay, well, is that what the church is? You know, what is our understanding of what church is? Today, honestly, y'all, I'm going pretty simple. I'm not going to be getting into the deep dive over purpose, and I'm not going to get too deep today. I'm going to just kind of, I'd almost say today is like a bit of a, what is it? Define it and let me go home. And that's kind of what I'm going to do, is just kind of define it, talk about it a little bit, and then send you out of here. That's kind of today. What is it? We're not even really going to deal with the why church, which is really what, in my opinion, this series needs to drive to. Why is it important? What's the purpose? Why your involvement matters or doesn't matter or whatever. We're going to get into this because I'm concerned. There's a lot of concern out there right now about misunderstanding what the church even is. And what our involvement in it is and how God relates to it and all this kind of stuff. There's so much misunderstanding. And so I, th I thought, man, coming out of Easter, I've been thinking about this series for a while. I thought, we're going to do a series on what the church is. We're going to spend some time in this. Because I think it's just crazy needed right now. So let me pray and then I'm going to try to give you a working definition for today and kind of for the series of what the church is, talk about it a little bit, and get you out of here. Let's pray. Lord, <clears throat> your, church is, your church is so important to you. And so help us, Lord, to understand that it should be important to us. 
understand what it even is, what it means. Um, God, if there's, under, if there's thoughts out there that are wrong about what the church is, even I'm thinking myself, if I bring wrong thinking to this, I pray that you'd shape me, shape us, to get on board with how you see the church and what she is to you. And then, God, may we as the church see you in it all as the head of the church. Lord, I just pray that you would open up our hearts, not just our ears, but our hearts, to actually hearing you speak to us today. We pray this boldly in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, here's my working definition-ish, kind of, okay? What is the church? <clears throat> now, the church, ah, there's so much I want to say. The church is like a diamond. It's got all these facets to it. So even my definition I'm going to give you doesn't, you know, it's, it's just so huge. And, and over the next weeks, we're going to be looking at all these different angles. So don't freak out too much about my definition, but th this, is, this is kind of what I think would be the best working definition of what the church is. The church is God's people God's people sharing life together. God's people sharing life together, especially as we relate to God and as we relate to the world and as we relate to each other. God's people, God's people, God's People sharing life with each other as we gather and in our, as in our gathering together and in our going together. That's kind of the definition that makes sense to me as I read through scripture, as I try to get a handle on what the church is. That seems to be kind of-ish what the church is. God's people sharing life with each other as we relate to God, as we relate to each other, as we relate to the world, gathering and going. Here's a picture of kind of what I see when I think about that. Um, go ahead, Madeline, just throw that, throw that picture up. Yep, right here. Jesus, Jesus, from Colossians, what did it say? He is the head of the body the church. Jesus is the head. The church is the people of God, the body, and that then is this body that relates to God in a certain way, and we're going to be talking about that over the next weeks, and as we relate to each other in a certain way, sharing life together especially, and then that body, that group, interacts with the world as well. So this isn't the picture of like necessarily salvation or something like that or like, no, this is a picture. What I'm trying to get to is the church. I'm trying to zero us in on what is the church? Well, the church is the body with the head being Christ and, and there's implications for that then that even extend out into the world. God's people sharing life together. 
So let's just kind of parse some of this out a little bit. God's people, apostrophe S. Okay? Colossians chapter 1, verse 18. He is the head of the body, the church. He's the head. If you jump to like uh, um, Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Let's look at this. Acts chapter 20, verse 28 says, Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all of the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. Who owns the church? I don't own the church. I'm not the head. The, the pastor guy's not the head of the church. The guy with the most money's not the head of the church. Our leadership team's not the head of the church. The Pope's not the head of the church. The this and this and this isn't the head of the church. God is the head of his church. He's the head. It's his church. He bought it with his own blood. We, I mean, that's what last week and next week and all the weeks, this next year will all be about, right? Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. It's his church. We've been bought by him. We've been redeemed by him. We've been forgiven by him. We've been loved by him. He does this for us, and so we are his. People of his own possession. That's a good thing. That's an incredible thing. He loves you. He died for you. He saved you. I mean, that's, and not just you. You can know that to be for you today. That's for each of you. That's what the church means. Actually, if you, if you look at the Greek word, and this, is, this won't be new news to a lot of you, the word for church in the Greek is ekklesia. Okay? Ekklesia. Uh, the two words there are kaleo, which is to call, and ek, out. The church is those who've been called out of. That's what that means, ecclesia. When you, when you see the word church in the Bible, it's the Greek word is ecclesia, which is the called out ones, those who've been called out of darkness into his wonderful light. I mean, some of you know exactly what I'm talking about because some of you have experienced that. You know what it looks like to be called out. That's, that's what the church is. The church is those who have been called out of darkness and been brought into his marvelous light. You know, Colossians here says, Colossians right before Colossians 1.18, he doesn't use the word called, but he says, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. You know, we've been, we unpack that in, in, the, in our series on Colossians. That's what the church is. It's, those, it's people who've been called out. God's People called out. And, and you see this all through Scripture. I want you to see this. 
Um, you know, sometimes we give Pentecost this idea that the Pentecost is the place of the birth of the church or something. And I understand that to some degree in connection with the Holy Spirit and such. But as you look at all through Scripture, you see God's people being the kind of people who are called out. You look to Abraham, Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. Abraham is called out by God, isn't he? As you look at the people of God, they are the ones who have been called and chosen out by God for himself. What a gift. It's, it's God saving the Israelites in, in, in Egypt and bringing them out of Egypt, out of slavery and, and, and bringing them to, to freedom and to the promised land. As you deal with a God who comes in the temple, when Solomon builds the temple and fire comes down and God comes and dwells in the midst of his people, they're the called out, they're the, they're the, the people of God. And that's the way it's been all the way from Adam and Eve. God's people. And so this Greek word ekklesia starts to get used in connection with the church, but ultimately what it means is they are the people of God. It's not a building. It's not a place. God's, you're not, you're not part of the dwelling. You are the dwelling. See? You don't go to the, you are the dwelling. You're the church. The, the church meets at embassy and event center we meet at a location that's like this one or we meet together in our homes or we meet together next week around uh, some good drink and food and a pool but it's not like it's not like this is the church say it's the people of god the called out ones, ecclesia. The image that's used, images of what the church is, as you kind of look at scripture, to bring even more depth to it, you see the early church bringing some of these images as images of what the church kind of is. So some of the images are like, the church is like a bride. It was so fun at my brother's wedding last week. I actually, right beforehand, we gathered all the groomsmen around my brother, and we laid hands on him, and we prayed for him. And, um, and it was so cool to be able to share and, and, and just share in that experience of realizing that Carissa, my new sister-in-law, was going to be walking down the aisle, and it would be, this represent, it would be a representation of, of the church. And so when we look at Carissa today, we can remember that she's a representation of, of what it looks like to be the church as we approach our groom, uh, Jesus. So there's image of like uh, of uh, the church being a bride. But that's not the only image. There's other images. There's actually images that Paul uses of the church being like a temple. That's in Ephesians. We're, we're, a, we're being built together into this temple. Um, there's this image of the body. The church is like a body. And with its members, we see a little bit of that with Christ being the head, talked about in Colossians here. But there's even other images. Um, 
you see images where, 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 where the church is seen not only as like the body and a bride, but even as like a flock, as sheep, as a, as a flock, as a family, as a nation, as a, a, a priesthood. I'm going to First Peter there a little bit. As living stones that are built up. There's First Peter again. As a lampstand that's going to Revelation. There's different images that are used of what it looks like to kind of be the church. And all of these images form this incredible <laughs> possibility for me to preach a long series. You know what I'm saying? There's just so many angles to this baby. Because each of these images start to give us new dynamics that, that are part of it. A part of what it looks like to be the church. And so often we flippantly wake up on a Sunday and we say, eh, am I going to go to church or not? You know, do, we even, do we even stop and think about what it is to really be the church? Ultimately, all of these images point to it being a people, the people of God, God's own possession that he's bought. You're his. You're part of his family. You're this beautiful bride that he looks at. You're part of the body where he's the head and all of our direction gets to come from God. You don't have to put your trust in me or a leadership team. or You, know, you get to put your trust in the head. When from him we get direction. What a blessing. Uh, we get to see ourselves as a lampstand where he's the one who lights the fire. We just get to shine forth in this dark world like Matthew and Jesus says, let your lights shine. We get to be a nation. We get to be a people of his own possession. We get to be fellow priests in the priesthood as we, you know, I've, I've talked to you guys about that. We each wear a clerical collar each day as we speak forth truth to the people around us, God's word. We get to do that. What a blessing to be part of the church. All these dynamics, all these dimensions. Okay, let me, let me take us to the next step. God's, we are God's people. We're God's people. That's what ecclesia, people who've been called out. We are God's people who do life together, who share life together. And let me focus firstly on firstly. Yeah, you know what? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Firstly, in our gathering. You know, the early, uh, the early reformers, if you go back a couple hundred years, as they were starting to have this conversation of what does it mean to be the church? Um, our confessions say that the church is uh, the church is the assembly of the saints. Um, in another place, it says something like, um, "It is God's people gathering together around the Word and the sacraments. God's people gathered around the gospel." And so that's kind of how some of the early reformers were. We're, we're talking about and thinking about what does it mean to be the church. But even before that, the assumption has always been that God's people, I mean, as you open up Scripture, I think they're sometimes not explicitly saying it because it's just the absolute assumption that if you become a Christian, you're going to be part of the church. Those two just go hand in hand. You're going to want to be with other Christians. You're going to want to, there's going to be a, 
togethering of the called out ones uh, of the called out ones. You can go look at like Acts when Paul comes to, uh, I think it's Acts chapter 16 maybe, where Paul uh, converts Lydia. Lydia gets converted to faith and then he gets put into jail and then the Philippian jailer gets converted. Well, the assumption, my assumption when I look at that, it's like, well, Lydia and the Philippian jailer are going to at some point connect. They're going to get together because now they're both Christians. They weren't Christians, now they're Christians. So the church, the called out ones are going to come together. And all through scripture, this is what you see. You see the people of God gathered together around the gospel around the gifts that God has for them. And this has been all through the scripture. This isn't just the New Testament. This is God's people assembled together. You can see like, just as this is an example, but this happens all over the place. If you go to like Nehemiah, I just made a quick note because I quick found a spot where at least it said it. So the person that wants to go check this stuff, you can go check it. Nehemiah chapter eight, you know, verses one and two. When Nehemiah gathers the, 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 the uh, when, when the assembly, the, he has the assembly of the Israelites together. He assembles them to hear the word of God. Uh, you look at Acts chapter 2, and you see them gathering together, even brand spanking new Christians who just get converted at Pentecost. The next verse is saying that these people are gathered together to share in the fellowship, the breaking of bread, the prayers, all that stuff. They're sharing in that. They're sharing in that life together. Daily. Oftentimes, daily. God's people sharing life with each other. The biblical letters, I want you to hear this, the biblical letters that are written are written to churches that meet in a place. And just let that sink in a little bit. And if you open up to just, let's just go through a couple of these. I don't have it on the screen, but I just want to read to you this. Look at First and Second Corinthians. First uh, Corinthians chapter 1 says this. To the church, which would be the Greek word, but ecclesia there. To the ecclesia of God, to the called out ones of God that is in, that is in Corinth. You see that? To the church, the group of folks that are, in, that are Christians who are in that place. Look at 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. To the ecclesia, to the church of God that is at Corinth. That is at Corinth. That's in that city. Look at the next one here. Let's go to Galatians. What does it say here? Now this actually gets even extended beyond just a particular city and more to a whole region. Listen to what it says. Galatians, uh, to the churches, to the churches, plural, to the pluralness of this, that are in Galatia, that are in that region. Galatians, Ephesians. Now he starts to use not just the word ecclesia, but you'll start to see that this is synonymous. Uh, he says this, to the saints who are in Ephesus. Same exact thing. To the people that are gathered together in Ephesus. Ephesians, Philippians, what is Philippi? What does it say? Uh, to all of the saints 
in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi. Colossians to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae. 1 Thessalonians to the church, to the ecclesia of the Thessalonians. Same in 2 Thessalonians. And on and on and on. These letters have been written not so that they could just be um, okay, let's put it into a little book and then let's give you one and let's give you one and let's give you one and then you all go home and you just do life on your own. That's not what, that what's written. I'm writing this down and now I want, in the assembly of the saints, I want this to be read to you. The word of God to the church. There's incredible implications for this. You know, that person that's just like, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I don't need to be part of any established, I don't need to be the, you know, part of an established church anywhere. I don't need to be with Christians. Well, okay, what do you mean by that? Let's talk about, let's, let's unpack that a little bit, buddy. What do you mean when you say that? Are you trying to make it so that you can get it to the most lowest common denominator possible? See, as we get into this series, we'll start to realize that, sure, could you theoretically be a Christian and not go to a church? Fine, if you want to talk about it like that. But the more we dig into what ecclesia really means, you're going to find that we're not looking at a common, like the most basic lowest common denominator possible. What it's going to do is it's going to open up the, the depth of what it means to be the church. It's not, how basic can I make it? I believe in Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and that one time at camp I gave my life to Jesus, and I go to church once in a while, and that's what I mean. No, let, let's just, okay, sure, could you be saved? It's fine. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about what does it mean to be the church? God's people sharing life with each other, starting with, in here, our gathering together. Being together. Sharing life with each other. Again, we're not even getting into the why. We're not getting into the purpose. I could take off there and talk for the next 20 minutes. We're not going to. We're just going to kind of stay surface level today. Hebrews 10, verse 24 and 25, look at what it says. You've heard this a million times. You know, people trying to convince you, get together. But, but listen to this. And let us consider up how to stir one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as some are in the habit of doing, and all the more as you see the day approaching. We're not even unpacking the value of this today. That's going to be weeks to come. That's all I'm saying is, look at that. What does that say? That we might stir up one another. Don't stop meeting together and some are in the habit of doing. And all the more as you see the day approaching. How are we seeing what it means to be the church as we gather together in my, in my own home with my family around devotions at night? What does that look like to be the church in our own home on a daily basis? What does it mean to be the church as we make Sundays a priority to to gather around the word and the sacraments? What does it mean to be the church as we gather in our small groups and all sorts of different things? 
Can you be the church or can you be a Christian and not go to church? Fine. You want to talk? If that's the way you're going to approach it, fine. But can you? When you become a Christian, you're part of the church. That's it. You are the church. Um, you know, I was thinking about the gathering. You know, some people can't gather together with others. I, my, the, definition of, the definition of church being that God's people gathering together around the word and sacraments, there's a little piece there that I think it's just a touch. Let me say it like this. What I don't want to leave out, here's what I don't want to leave out. I don't want to leave out the guy who's in prison somewhere in some, you know, Chinese jail for his faith. In my definition, as I've thought about this definition, I've thought, I don't want to leave that guy out. And he can't, he can't gather in the same way that we can gather. See, we wake up and we're like, I don't know if I want to go to church because I got such and such today. Uh, I got to mow the lawn. I got to do this. I got to do this. Well, some people really want to get together and they can't because they're in jail. I went to Voice of the Martyrs this past week. And you can go ahead and click this first video. And this is, just, this is just a few people that are in jail right now, just a few in different countries. Some of these guys have been in there for years, okay? Now go to the next video. This video, and this is just a little sampling. This next video, are, this is dozens and dozens and dozens of Christians that have been released from prison. This is, it's almost a little bit, I shouldn't even show you this, because it almost looks like, oh, there's only that many people? You know, no, there, there's estimated 50,000 Christians in North Korea alone that are in prison for their faith. And that's just an estimate. We have no idea. We have no idea. There are people right now that are in prison, some of them, again, some of these, some of these that we literally know, like, I'm going to use the word higher profile, whatever that means exactly. I'm just saying we know of their existence that, you know, some of these pastors and stuff like that are in prison in places right now, and they have been for literally, like, years, some serving 15-year sentences just because they're Christians. They can't gather together. And I just don't want to ever forget them with my definition. That's all I'm saying. So someone that can't get to church on a Sunday because they're in jail for their faith, I cut them a little slack. Let that, let that speak to you. Man, let that speak to you. Life together in our gathering, but also life together, and I'm just going to touch on this really briefly, life together also in our going as we go together. And that's actually where I'd place a, past, uh, a Christian like that. A Christian that has been sent by God to proclaim the gospel and has now found themselves in prison. How do we go with them? How do we actually go with them? I spent some time just seeing those names. I just spent some time this past week up in my office just praying for some of these guys. God, give them the strength. Be with their families. One pastor's little story is, you know, his, his eight-year-old son is just like devastated that he doesn't get to see his dad for another five years. What does that look like? What does that look like to communicate to your kid that your dad's in, dad's in jail for his faith? 
What a powerful witness. What a powerful thing that God is doing. How can we be going together? Not only in our gathering, but in our going that we're sharing life with each other, praying for each other, walking with each other. Here, let me throw that image up again. This kind of image. Jesus as the head. Uh, Jesus as the head. Us the called out ones who've been called out by God, saved by God, brought into his family, brought into his flock, living stones that are being built together into a temple where his spirit dwells. All these incredibly beautiful images, all of God's grace to you and to me, God's people sharing life with each other in our gathering together and in our going together. This is not a pitch for the dwelling. I don't want it to be. This isn't the pitch to, yeah, you should get plugged into our church. No. That, what the, the whole point is, if you're a Christian, you are the church. And so what does that then mean to be the kind of church that is in a place? Does that make sense? What does that mean to be the church in a place, in Corinth, in Galatia? In Thessalonica, to be a church that in that place that God has called you to. And what does that church do? What does it look like? Well, it gathers together and it goes together. That's what the church has been doing since Adam and Eve in the garden. That's what God's people do all over Scripture. It's never changed. God's people sharing life with each other. Gathering together, the assembly of the saints, and then going out into the world as we interact with the world. I have, yeah, this, this isn't me trying to get more people to be plugged in at the dwelling. It's, it's trying to get you to see that you're potentially part of the dwelling. Or maybe God is bringing you into a different place where you begin to operate as what it means to be the church. Does that make sense? That's all I'm trying to say. But it's, it's deeper, it's, it's so much more vibrant than just, I'm a Christian, and then I go in my one hour. That's not, that's not it. It's, there's a lot of depth here that we got to think through. And it all starts with Jesus as the head. And through it all, that's what's so exciting about this series, is, is uh, Jesus really is the head. And so we'll just be led by him in this series and allow him to speak into the church and allow him to uh, lead his people where he'd like us to go. And he'll speak to some of you individually and he'll speak to our church as a whole and we're just going to follow him. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this incredible... Um, time, the time and the space that you've granted to us to gather together as your people, to hear from you. What a gift. Jesus, you have died for us. You rose from the dead for us. You are alive and well. You've defeated sin and 
death and the power of the devil. You're doing a new thing. You know, ah, we didn't even talk about how the church is like a new creation. We, we haven't even started talking about some of the depth here that's really there, but you're doing a thing here amongst your people already bringing about new creation kinds of things. And I just praise you for that, Lord. Thank you that we get to be part of that. God, please protect us from trying to make it as simple and easy as possible. Help us to instead let the breadth and the depth and the immensity of what it means to be part of your body, to be part of your flock, help us to just soak it in. Keep doing that work in us, Lord, that only you can do. We love you so much. Jesus, for that person today, that's not part of your church because they don't follow you. They're, they're not part of your family. Help them to see that today all it mean, all it looks like to be one who's been called out is to put their faith and their trust in you. Help them to know that being part of the church is simply what it looks like to ultimately be connected to you. So Jesus, for that person who's living their life as if they're the head, but you're convicting them right now that you're showing them you want to be the head and that that's a good thing for their life, may they lay it down, Lord, submit to you right now. trust in you with everything. Give them the, the strength by the power of your Holy Spirit to just take that next step. To being in connection with you, Lord, which then puts them, brings them into the church. They're part of the church. They don't even have to go through a class. It's for them right now in this moment for free because of what you've done for them. Thank you, Jesus. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.